Do you remember in the Game of Thrones end of season five when Jon Snow died? But then right at the beginning of season six, he actually got revived and back to life uh, by the Red Woman. Did that just essentially happen with Ultimate Nutrition? Now, if you aren't a fan of Game of Thrones, I want to apologize. Don't get that reference at all. I mean, you really missed an epic show that I guess you could still watch on HBO Max or whatever the heck they call the uh, streaming service. For my sports nutrition industry followers, you might remember the saga that happened on August 17th, 2019 with Ultimate Nutrition. The following letter was posted on the door of the Connecticut facilities, effectively letting go, I believe, of around 150 employees. I remember making a post on Facebook right after I'd heard about it because I didn't fully believe it. The timing just didn't seem right to me as they had hired some new leadership and management members. They had a rebrand rolling out, uh, new ready-to-eat products that were rolling out, and various other plans that were outwardly shown in the days, weeks, and months before the abrupt shutdown. Now, there was also a class action lawsuit that was filed a few weeks after that because the decision to order a mass layoff was done without providing a warn notice. But Outside of that, there hasn't been much reference to Ultimate Nutrition, and that always made me kind of scratch my head and wonder, why haven't we heard really any update? And that's partly because Ultimate Nutrition never actually like fully shut down. They were still selling products direct to consumer um, with a kind of a skeleton operational team and everything kind of changed for me is because I came aware of their bigger aspirations a few weeks ago when I was forwarded this promotional email that was focused on restarting their wholesale business. Now let's backtrack a little bit uh, for those that might not know anything about Ultimate Nutrition, the sports nutrition brand that has been around since 1979. It was originally started by Victor Robino. He was a power lifter and it's still family owned 40 years later by Brian Robino. And they were actually one of the first sports nutrition, sports supplement brands in the market. And they were a pioneer in regards to launching whey protein powder in a bottle. They did self-manufacture their own products. They still do today from what I know. And they did have an R&D facility as well in Florida, but I believe to my best recollection that no longer exists. They were the title sponsor for the Mr. Olympia show for several years. They also were connected with the who's who of bodybuilders for as long as I could ever remember when I first was starting out in the industry, but they did file chapter 11 in 2014. And I think they emerged from that with the restructuring plan in 2016. But fast forward through August of 2019, like where are we today? The Ultimate Nutrition website is still operational. Their Amazon listings, the few that they have up, are still active. Um, they are only listed under fulfillment by manufacturer, not fulfillment by Amazon with no like prime badge or anything like that. Facebook and Instagram are deactivated, at least still at the time of filming this video. Uh, Twitter is still up, but the most recent post was the day before they closed their doors, which urges people to try their all new protein cookie bites. And then 
kind of things changed in terms of a public announcement this week was Sportica Export uh, talked about having an exclusive contract to work on their international business. My good friend Rich White mentioned that Ultimate Nutrition needed essentially like a restart on their business, but he believes it is still one of the globally most recognized brands in sports nutrition because of that long legacy. And he kind of went on at the end and said, this is kind of a crazy year. 2020 is such a crazy year. And I agree, it is quite the silly year. So why not have Ultimate Nutrition be resurrected from the dead and brought to life? But if you remember from Game of Thrones, Jon Snow never was all that right after he was resurrected. There was always a little bit something off on him, it seemed. So what is the potential for Ultimate Nutrition today? And I'll kind of start on the international side of things first, because I think that's where most of the brand equity still is at. I would say if we're talking pre like August 2019, I think the sediment overall was good. I definitely don't think it was great, but I think it was good. And there's an interesting kind of dynamic where legacy sports nutrition brands fall uh, in an international perspective. Uh, on one hand, you have obviously a business that's been around for 40 years. In a lot of countries that they operate and are distributed in, they've been doing business for decades. And that means that they have a long history. At times, people just assume they're a part of the country's history of that industry. And because of that, you have a lot of customers that kind of still think of it as a high quality US American brand and connect it with the legacy of bodybuilding, American bodybuilding, and also that that brand has probably supported the local kind of bodybuilding scene for a very long time. Now, on the other hand, you have in a lot more of like the advanced, and what I mean by that is essentially like uh, closer to the American market in terms of trends and, and product attributes and uh, elements within a brand experience that they're thinking about. Those regions uh, would be somewhere where ultimate nutrition would be struggling a little bit. And unfortunately, those are usually the more bigger uh, regions in terms of things because those consumers, those buying habits within those countries have started to change a little bit. That's because they have more options today. They also have social media, so they're able to kind of pull and want maybe specific, unique, niche, or popular US brands, or they might just have options in country now. This is much different than you know five or 10 years ago in the sports nutrition world where US brands were able to really dominate some of these international markets. That's not the case anymore. So for me, I think that leaves probably somewhere on the top end of like $10 million in, in revenue in the short term. I think that diminishes slowly over time unless something strategically or drastically changes within the company. And I think that's because like U.S. brands chasing international sales as uh, like a proven strategy, that's completely different today. I, I don't think that that's a game plan that works very well anymore, uh, primarily because the U.S. dollar has been strong for quite a while. And, and that provides a lot less margin. Uh, I think also from kind of import-export tax and, and different things on the category, that's created some more issues as well. And because of that, the manufacturers are putting pricing pressure on the partner brands, the U.S. brands that they work with. If those U.S. brands are not able to change the pricing or work with them in any way, uh, they just then would change over to maybe new products or new brands, or they might actually just go out and create their own 
private label brands, either in European manufacturing or in-country manufacturing or American manufacturing. They kind of work on that as well. And then there's also just like a ton more of in-country brand creation, like I said. And all of those things together just create a very difficult way to run uh, your business right now. If you are chasing international sales and you don't have much going on domestically, you're not taking care of the country in which you operate in, it's very hard for you to continuously grow and add sales on the international front. Now on the domestic side of the business, Ultimate Nutrition would be dealing with the same thing that quite honestly every U.S legacy sports nutrition brand is dealing with right now. And regardless of what channel distribution strategy they go with, they're going to be struggling to repave whatever that is. You go towards maybe small brick and mortar stores, you know, that's really a disseminated mess right now. It is kind of losing steam on a macro level. You also have a ton of different issues with private label and gray market products and a ton of different things that you don't really want to mess with. And if you don't have the right team and you don't have the right resources, you're not going to be very profitable. You're just going to kind of spin your wheels in that market. That's the same for most of the things that I just mentioned with large brick and mortar. So if we're talking GNC, we're talking vitamin shop. Now, food, drug, mass convenience, some of the very large mature channels. I honestly think this has a small amount of uh, potential for Ultimate Nutrition. One, the Ultimate Nutrition name is, is pretty just beige and neutral. Uh, that's good for those channels. I think that there's also a ton of legacy with that. So buyers might be more confident with that name. This is all just speculation. I'm not exactly sure, but I think if you did create some ready to eat or ready to drink products, you could create a very similar model to what metrics has been able to do, but it would need to make a very drastic change in the current uh, business model of ultimate nutrition. Now on the current, I guess, channels in which ultimate nutrition sells on the digital side, if you're talking just like direct to consumer, I think this is honestly like a, a dead end really in terms of how they're going to deal with it right now. You can't just like turn it on and people will come. It doesn't work like that anymore. And so if you're not having any kind of demand drivers and you're not playing those games, it's going to be very hard for you to make any material difference, create any sales on your direct to consumer website. And most of the new customers within the sports nutrition category, honestly, has never even heard of ultimate nutrition. The last time ultimate nutrition was really relevant, these customer groups were in middle school or elementary school. So you got a lot of new things that you're going to have to work with. If you're going to put all your eggs into direct to consumer. Now where I think this could potentially work out for them, probably the best chance on the domestic side that they have is through Amazon. And that's mostly because it's non-branded search terms. There's not all that case where they're looking for the coolest thing possible. So because of that, I think a few of the listings, specifically like the ProStar whey protein powder, um, the product that's been around for a very long time, uh, that has a listing that's still extremely good, I think. It needs a ton of work today, but I think it has at least some bones to it. I think there's 4,600 reviews on a four out of five rating on Amazon. So that could create a good amount of pull just from that listing if you're able to make that work. I think there's a few other ones that are not as good as that one, but definitely could create some volume and some sales velocity through it. But the good thing about Amazon, because the majority of the searches are non-branded search term, if you could be in those top 
few selections on the results that come back from that search, you tend then to get a good amount of sales volume. Um, as long as the price point is good and the feedback loop is good and it meets kind of all the criteria for people, then it's going to be something that works out well. This is honestly where Amazon looks a little bit like uh, Walmart in terms of the buyer groups of just like the macro, most of the volume, uh, most of the volume is moving just towards more transactional product oriented, not necessarily, you know, brand centric and really trying to connect with the brand. If they do, they usually go on direct to consumer. So where do I think that ultimate nutrition goes from here? And I warn everybody, this is overly simplified. And if I had the time to kind of break down everything, I would, uh, it would probably take a video much longer than this, probably two, three, four, five times longer than this. But I think this gives you at least an understanding of kind of how I would approach things. I would start with, first of all, blocking and tackling just X's and O's of business. I would re-engage with any customers that have any history with you if they are great customers. So on the international side, that is re-engaging with those distributors, um, also just reinvesting and over-investing in that area to make sure that they are happy and, and they're willing to kind of rebuild whatever they had lost. On the domestic front, if there are any of like big customers that you've worked with and you've done well with and they like you, engage with them again. Now, anything that's not a, a previous good relationship, just forget about it. Don't worry about re-engaging with them right now. Those resources are wasted and you'd be better off spending those in other areas. Amazon, again, like I mentioned, it needs to be reworked, need to be focused there. I think that's going to be where you're going to see any kind of sales lift on the domestic side. And then also like turn on the social media and just start posting some things so there's some activity. If anybody is interested in Ultimate Nutrition, even on a small level, uh, previous followers and things like that, at least they see that you're active and in business again. Now, when you're moving into kind of phase two, I guess you can consider this, moving past the things I just mentioned, I think that gets into more of like cost-cutting operational type of things. I'd be looking at a skew rationalization. They could cut out a bunch of their spread on their costs of their products. I don't care if you manufacture your products or not. There's a ton of things that could be cut from that line. Also from like a manufacturing optimization procedure, I think there's probably a ton of like cost leakages that you could be looking at there to make sure that the business is running strong as a core. Then I'd be looking at like rebuilding some of like the sub brand hero SKUs. I think the ProStar one still has some equity and you could build some things off of that. You could build that out through ready to eat type products. Also, they have, and I think they still have some aspect of their horsepower pre-workout. I remember when I was kind of first starting out uh, with buying sports nutrition products, that was a pre-workout that I used. I liked it. Um, not to say that it has any equity in the market today, but I think the name is still pretty good. And I think you could probably build some different things. If you're going to go after two hero sub brands, you're going to go after the protein and you're going to go after pre-workout because those are, at least for a legacy brand, that's where you're going to actually make any material difference. And then for kind of phase three, and this is highly unlikely and what I probably would not do at all, I'd be looking at probably some aspect of a rebrand. If you can do a rebrand cheap, maybe you move that up. But if not, you don't really try to rock the boat all that much, probably make just some minor changes and clean it up. And then after that, you try to make ultimate nutrition mean something again. And that is very much easier said than done. That is going to take a ton of work. There's a ton of legacy and heritage with that brand, some good, some bad. But because of that, you have to make the brand mean something again to the consumers. There needs to be some connection back 41 years at this point. The ultimate nutrition brand did not 
fall out of interest, you know, back in August of 2019. This is decade plus probably of mismanagement of that brand. So because of that, it needs to be something you take very good care of and you're patient with it and you don't try to hit home runs. This is, you know, bunt singles or infield singles or maybe every once in a while you hit a double Outside of that, you don't really try to rock the boat all that much. The ultimate nutrition brand has really become something that is transactional, is just product oriented. And because of that, it is a unnoticeable commodity in the market. And it's going to be something that is very geared on price sensitivity and retail distribution points. You got to understand that that's the game today. And that's honestly where you can distill a ton of the issues now with sports nutrition, legacy sports nutrition brands in the market. It's all coming down to that it's a transactional relationship with customers. They don't really have any connection to consumers on the brand anymore. And because of that, they're caught in this like price game, distribution strategy game. Some of them win, uh, but because of the market that they're going after, it's only going to be won by select legacy competitors that are doing well. Now, I'm not saying that Ultimate Nutrition cannot create a profitable business. I think you can. I think it's probably pretty easy to create a profitable business at Ultimate Nutrition, but it's going to be a fraction of the sales volume that they used to have. And they need to be realistic around what is the brand's life cycle? Where is it at? What stage is it at currently? So my advice for Brian Rubino or whoever is running it operationally at this point is that be realistic about where you are. You are at the end of the declining phase in the brand's life cycle. If you want to move it back a few stages, you're going to need to really add on a lot of risk. You're going to probably add on a lot of exposure and different things you're going to be looking at from maybe a long-term profitability standpoint and business continuity standpoint. This is going to be something that you need to really just push all your chips in if you do it one last time and then you risk you know, this never coming back ever again. And if anybody is a business pundit or a follower or whatever in the sports nutrition industry and they're out there telling you to take big swings, they are really somebody that spends way too much time in dreamland. If anybody has any questions about Ultimate Nutrition or any topics around legacy sports nutrition brands, please leave a comment down below of this video or all of my social media links are also in the description. Feel free to reach out to me on any of those platforms.